according to the flesh, nor Christ. And then look at 17. So it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this morning if you're in Christ, it says what? What's it say there? You're a new creation. Behold. Or it says the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. It says they're in Christ. If you're in Christ, Paul will say this 25 times. And if you add in all the other ways he says it, in him, in the beloved, numerous times. Why does Paul use this phrase so much, in Christ? It refers to our union with Christ. We are joined to Christ. And so when two become one, all the assets of the one and all the debts of the other are joined. And so also with Christ. We are a new creation. We have intimate fellowship with our Lord and Savior. And so now, the things we once loved, we hate, and the things we once hated, we once were enemies of God, and we now love God, and we once loved our sin, and we now hate it. Natural, we are new creations, so we have a new identity. I don't know if you know anyone who's adopted a child. That child takes on a new identity. They become a part of that family. You have a new identity. Look at verse 15. He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves. This is an incredible temptation for us, to live for ourselves. But then look at the end of the verse. But for him who for their sake died and was raised. What does it mean to live for yourself? Well, it means to build my own kingdom. You know, kids, you can even do this, just like us adults. We live in America. We have great opportunities. We can seek the American dream, can't we? That we could run home, have a, have a good retirement, as long as the stock market does okay. Right? We, we seek after this. It's so easy to in America. We could live for ourselves. But it says no longer. Look at verse 15. It says, He who died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves. Think of that rescue swimmer. He died for us. So we say, well, man, he, the, the captain just lost his son. I'd, I'd love to serve him in place of his son. Oh, that we would live for ourselves. Listen to how Paul says, I love this verse. This is one of my favorites. This is Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is Paul's heart cry. He said, I'm not living for myself anymore. I've died with Christ. I have a new identity. Imagine we have a lot of soldiers here. Military in Charleston. Imagine a soldier who once was a thief. And he's now a soldier. The U.S. Army. And his comrade says, hey. He's being tempted. He's about to steal something. He says, you once were a thief. No, you're a soldier. We don't do that. You're a soldier now. You belong to the armed forces. You have a new identity. We're in the Lord's army, are we not? Like the kid's song accurately says. Kids, you know that song? You're the Lord's army? It's true. And we have a new identity. I recently was watching a movie called Overcomer, and it had a great scene in it. Where an older man asked another man, who are you? The guy said, well, I'm a basketball coach, and I'm a teacher, and I'm a father, and I'm a husband, and, and I, I go to church, and I'm a Christian. He stopped me and he said, 
why did you say Christian last? He said, well, I could have said it first. He said, but you didn't. His identity was primarily as a basketball coach. What's your identity? Who are you? How do you primarily identify yourself? Is it by your occupation? Is it by something you've accomplished? This makes a huge difference in how we spend our time and our energy. And so think back about, we're speaking of our motivation. Why would anyone have the crazy idea to talk to someone about the gospel? How I identify myself is going to drive what I do. Soldiers think different than civilians. People who have a business, if, if I'm a realtor, I might be getting my hair cut, but if that person needs to sell a house, I'd love to talk to them about selling their house. Right? Because my identity is as a realtor. I think that way no matter where I am. You're a Christian. You're a Christian whether you're at Boeing or Mercedes-Benz, wherever you are. It changes how you think. It motivates us to talk to people about things even that are awkward. So if you and I aren't to live for ourselves but live for Christ, what will that look like? So third and finally, we are commissioned to be ambassadors for Christ. Look at verse 18. It says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and reconciliation. So there, it's reviewing what we've talked about. All this is from God. God initiated. God came after you. This is actually wonderful news. God came after you. So all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. We've talked about that. We are a new creation. What is that? What's the ministry of reconciliation? Since we're already reconciled, we're neither the offended party nor we're the reconciler. God is reconciled. We're at the mediator. Christ is in the middle. So where do we fit? Here's how we fit. We are the ones who have already been reconciled, and God has chosen us to tell other people. We're the ones who's gotten that crisp dollar. It's our job to go tell everyone else what to do with that ticket, to turn it in for their dollar bill. It's interesting, isn't it, that our, if you look at verse 19, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us what? The message of reconciliation. Our ministry is a message. Kids, if your parents entrusted you and says, here, go put this in the mailbox. All right, if you get halfway there and you set it down and get distracted and ride your bike, you're probably in trouble, aren't you? And then the wind blows it away. You're entrusted with something. Mom and dad is hoping that you're going to get all the way there and get it in the mailbox. God has entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. I think it's interesting that God has entrusted this message to the recipients. I don't know if any of you in your businesses um, benefit greatly by the referral system. You've done work for someone, and they like your work, and so you're hoping they're going to tell someone else. It's one of the strongest ways to get new clients, because people trust each other. Has God done that? He didn't entrust this to the angels. You know, you don't have wings. I can't sing. Nothing like the angels. Why did he entrust us? Why not the angels? Come on, big wings, people would listen. But he chose you. He chose you. The one who's been reconciled, he chose to tell others how they can be reconciled. Look at verse 20. 
Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. An ambassador. Kids, do you know what an ambassador is? Our country has many ambassadors. An ambassador's job is to go to another country and represent their home country. And we have ambassadors here from all around the world in Washington. And so you are an ambassador. For where? For God. And you're here on earth. Many people have no clue what God thinks, what He cares about, or the fact that they've got a big problem with their Maker. And God has you here as His ambassador. So you think again about that story of the swimmer. And so there you are. And then the captain has said, I want you to stand on the side of the ship and yell to others to be rescued. And so that's what we do. We neither dive in. We aren't saving people. You can't take the ball and chain from anyone's ankle. You simply can proclaim. You have a message. You are not saving people. All you do is tell people where they can be saved. Christ's love is not based on our performance. This is good news. Listen to this. God's love for you is not based on your performance as an ambassador. Let me explain. He lavished His love on you. If you never deliver any message, if you drop every letter before it made it to the, post, to the mailbox, Christ has lavished His love on you. His love will not change. You are adopted into the family of God. We can completely fail at this job as an ambassador. And Christ loves you and will bring you home to Him. That is wonderful. That compels us better than any duty or guilt that any pastor could ever lay on you. That Christ loves you. His love is not dependent on our performance. That's amazing. So how can we be an ambassador for Christ? I think part of it is in verse 16. Look back at 16. It said, viewing people according to the flesh. I've thought about this this past few days and thought, what's my deal? What are the things that slow me up? And so I wonder if it might be true for you. I think that I often view my neighbors and those around me as according to the flesh, or I fight not to. That you just see them there, they're, oh, that's, that's John and Sam, they live next door to me, and he works here, and we, we like to grill out together. He likes to golf. We don't see them with spiritual eyes. I mean, do you really look at people as if they have a ball and chain around their ankle and they're six feet underwater? I mean, it, would, it, would, it might impact how we relate to them. And so the spiritual reality of people's desperate need for Jesus really makes a difference. It does for me. I was driving here this morning on I-26 where one guy was tailgating another and being super rude. And I was just thinking, it's so easy for us just to live in this world operating according to the flesh. We're just, we're all people. We, we work the same jobs as they do. You know, this, this kingdom stuff, as was prayed this morning, man, it's slow business. If you want to get somewhere and do it quickly, don't follow Jesus. You know, in your jobs, you can work hard and you will probably get a promotion. You'll see some fruit much quicker than if you follow Jesus. 
See, if you follow Jesus, it's like a mustard seed. It very slowly grows. But this, you must remember, that promotion is short-lived. You, the fruit in this earth, what you can accomplish, it will soon fade away. But is eternal will be left. And you'll say, man, I'm glad I did that hard work. It took two years to see my neighbor come to Christ. And you'll say, it was completely worth it. You know, now he's going to heaven. He will not die for his sins. Jesus will. You know what? That was worth it. Nothing else in this world is worth it like that. But it's slow business. I'll be honest. At least in this country, at least in this age, unless something changes. But it's so worth it. You can go to Africa. You could go to Asia. And it'll speed up rapidly. But if you're going to stay here, it is slow work. And I'm committed to it. And I pray that you would be too. I do not wish to live for myself. I wish to live for him who died for me. That's my heart. I pray that it's yours. What motivation do we have? I think it's there. I think it's Christ. I think it's Christ on the cross. And so I leave you this morning with that. That Christ died for you. And his love will compel us if we'll let it. If we will not look according to the flesh. Brothers and sisters, oh, that the Lord would help us do that. Let us pray that He would. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray. Oh, Lord, help us. It is so stinking hard not to see everyone according to the flesh. We need Your help, oh, Lord. Thank You, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank You for dying for them regardless of our performance. Oh, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us. Help us to see others with spiritual eyes. And that it would compel us to be faithful ambassadors. And please give us some fruit. Please give this church fruit that they would see and be encouraged by non-Christians coming to Christ. I pray even this morning if there be someone here who is not a Christian, Lord, may they have the great exchange They would call out to you that you would take their sins to the cross and give them your righteousness. Thank you for giving it to me. Thank you for giving it to my brothers and sisters here today. We love you, Lord. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.